0: Okay, Um, what a great title for a book, Unlocking the Bible. It's as big as the Bible. In fact, it's longer than the Bible. But uh, this is David Pawson's book, Unlocking the Bible. He introduces the book of Joshua, which I'm going to preach from this morning, with this little story. A school teacher asked a classroom of children who knocked down the walls of Jericho. There was a long silence before a small boy said, Please, sir, I didn't. (laughs) Later that day in the staff room, the teacher recounted the incident to the headmaster. Do you know what happened in my classroom today? I asked who knocked down the walls of Jericho, and that boy, Smith, said, Please, sir, I didn't. The headmaster replied, Well, I've known Smith some years, and I know his family. They're a good family, and if he says he didn't do it, I'm sure he didn't. (laughs) The headmaster later reported the boy's answer to a visiting school inspector whose response was, it's probably not too late to find out who did it, get them repaired and send us the bill. (laughs) Such is the wisdom of school inspectors. (laughs) Everybody know the story of the walls of Jericho coming down? Just raise your hands. Good. Okay, just in case you're feeling guilty because you may have done it. But... uh... (laughs) Obviously, no guilt in this church. Anybody got any guilt this morning? Are we a guilt-free church this morning? Anybody got any shame? Not, not, not about to give you any, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> it's not that kind of preaching here, right? But isn't it glorious that you stand before God, holy and righteous before him right now. So if the, if, if the trumpet call went and you were called up to heaven... And Jesus wrapped this all up as a new heaven and a new earth. You will be there, bright, spangling, something or other, bright, spangling, uh, holy before God. Isn't that fantastic? That's all you need. But in case you're not sure about that, I'm gonna preach for another half an hour to make sure you get it. Okay turn with me to Joshua then we're going to look at dive into Joshua just in a couple of places right at the beginning and uh, chapter 3 and um, Russell your mobile phone or look on the screen that's easier chapter 1 verse 1 says after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua son of Nun, Moses Moses aid Moses my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth." Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it Then you will be prosperous and successful Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Sorry, do not, yeah be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go Amen. Come on. We're getting more Pentecostal Preach it brother. <laughs> Hallelujah I'm told that's what they do in Pentecostal. Anyway, chapter 3. We'll read from verse 5. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Now, if you haven't got that verse underlined in your Bible, just underline it now or highlight it in your Kindle or whatever you do in a mobile phone. I have no idea. But... uh, (laughs) Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. You are consecrated. You are holy. We just established that just earlier. Jesus died and rose again from the dead. You are united in union with Christ. You are perfectly righteous. You are consecrated before him. Now he is going to do amazing things through you. What was that death and resurrection about? It was about your salvation and bringing you into God's new creation. But it was in order also that he might display his glory on the earth and he might do amazing things through you. Not many people in our nation yet look at the church and said, look at what's happening in the church. Now, we know there's a natural bias, in some ways, in our media against those sort of things. Although, interestingly, Southeast Region News, BBC, they interviewed Jonathan Akin. Jonathan Akin, you may remember, uh, committed perjury, went to prison, became a Christian, is now running a ministry, going into prisons as a hospital chaplain. That's a sign and a wonder, isn't it? If you're a little bit cynical about politicians, and let's not try to be, you know, <laughs> you can think, wow, one of our politicians has been saved. Actually, they reckon probably about 25% of the House of Commons are born again Christians. Come on! Yes. Don't believe the lies of the you know. Sorry, I'm not categorising the media as if it's all lies, but there is a bent uh, uh, yeah, that's not certainly not in favour of Christianity. You may have felt that recently. <laughs> But there's an awful lot going on beneath the service, isn't it? Regular prayer meetings in the House of Commons, in the House of Lords. There are many faithful men and women who are standing for righteousness and grace, you know, in high places. And not just in, you know, the House of Lords, the House of Commons, but in our civil service as well in, in lots of other places. So let's just... Rejoice in that. I don't know why I'm saying that, and I'm just to encourage you. But consecrate yourselves, you will do amazing things. Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel. So they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. That's an amazing statement, isn't it? Imagine somebody coming up to you and say, God is with you. Just like he was with Moses, which plague do you want to release? You know, <laughs> these are signs and wonders, weren't they? Signs that make you wonder, and then you know he leads the people. You know, they're obviously the outstanding miracles. He leads the people out probably up towards a million people actually, going through the Red Sea into the Promised Land while they wander around for 40 years. I will be with you just in the the wilderness. God provides daily provision. Give us this day our daily bread. Why is that such a great prayer? Because if you're an Israelite, you remember the story where we were provided bread, manna and quails every day for 40 years. I know it's not a great variety of diet, but, you know, so, you know, Perhaps they were flavored. I've got this kind of, you know, the bits that are not in the Bible. I wonder if it was strawberry one day, you know, vanilla the next, and, uh, you know, maybe put various sauces on your quail just to spice it up a little bit. Who knows? Anyway, but the miracle is that God provides every day. So, Joshua, I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. You will lack for nothing. You will have victory over your enemies and I will do amazing things amongst you. And as a down payment, as, you know, the first uh, sign of this, this is what I'm going to do. Today I will exalt you, verse 7, in the eyes of all Israel, so you may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. That's a step of faith, actually, isn't it? How often in a step of faith have you got to take the first step? Before it comes, faith. Joshua said to the Israelites, "Come here and listen to the words of your lords, the Lord your God. This is how you will know that living God is among you, and that He will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Gergashites, Ammonites, and Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into Jordan ahead of you." How then, now then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, and as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream, will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Now it's interesting, if you're reading to chapter four and verse six, it says, you know, uh, it says, each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of Israel, to serve as a sign among you. In future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off from the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord's. Before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Now, why is that so important? Well, because we're very good at forgetting. <laughs> Remember me, Jesus said, and he gave us the bread and the wine to keep remembering him. Not just so that we remember his death and his resurrection, important as they are, we remember the whole testimony of Jesus. And it's sad that the reason why we've looked for a revival in the move of the Holy Spirit and miraculous healing in particular, let alone casting out demons and raising the dead, is because the church has forgotten. In fact, it's been so good at forgetting, it's invented theology around it in order to deny that it actually happens. That's really forgetting, isn't it? Let's get, let's get our memories locked into a good theology that says miracles don't happen today. Whereas time and time again, there's a lovely verse if you want to check it out in Jeremiah 32 verse 20. Recently just came across it. Must have read it before, but like much of scripture, you read it, it doesn't really go in. First time, does it? But it talks about signs and wonders being performed all the way through Israel's history. You now we tend to think it all poor, you know, there was the creation. And then Moses comes along, plagues, Red Sea, 40 years of provision in the wilderness. You know, then it all kind of seems to die. They go into Jordan, it sort of dies down a bit. And then suddenly Elijah and Elisha come up and they do miraculous things. And there is a there is a teaching in the church that signs and wonders are just for various epochs, seasons. Well, if you lived in the Acts of the Apostles, I don't think you'd think it was just a season. And if the Acts of the Apostles teaches anything, if the ministry of Jesus teaches us anything, is that signs and wonders are to be continued over and over again. Do you know who can make that happen? Well, God obviously can make it happen. But it's his people who need to grasp that. That God loves, you see, God loves to vindicate his name. It would be a strange God, isn't it, if your boss said, you know, I'm the most powerful man in the world. Or woman, for that matter. I'm the most powerful person in the world. You'd expect them to be able to demonstrate it. The President of America can command a huge army and a huge arsenal of weapons so wherever he goes, that authority and that sort of whether it's a you know a threat or a promise, you know, goes with them. It's just a fact. It's invested in who they are, isn't it? And God is the most. God's far more powerful than that, and is investing that power in you and me, so that we re- might release the kingdom here on the earth. We are growing in that, and you know, finding. That God is is able to do that more and more. I can't see the time. What is the time? Oh, 22. Okay. I saw the second hand and it was 5 to 1. I thought, what have I been doing for the last half hour? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know David's, don't expect anybody else to. <laughs> you know, you're crazy if you don't talk to yourself. Steve Backlund's book you're crazy if you don't talk to yourself. We're talking to yourself all the time So start talking to yourself about faith start talking to yourself About the things that god is saying to you in your life now here's a thought Joshua is being commanded to be Just like moses is and god is giving him the anointing the commissioning and the anointing to do the same things that moses did and Jesus would call us to do the things that He did. In fact, He's called us to even John fourteen twelve to do greater things. But Joshua—it's interesting here. Joshua is in this stage of transition. And if you read your update, you would know this is this sermon is called "Training in Transition." Now, just think for a moment—the transition that Joshua is going through. I mean, why does God, at the beginning of this chapter, have to say, "Do you know, Joshua? Moses is dead." Uh, I know, Lord, He just, you know, I was kind of there. You know, we don't know the time scale. Maybe it was previous week or month or whatever it was. Okay. But Moses is dead. And God, you know, so why does Joshua, so why does God have to emphasize to Joshua that Moses is dead? Moses is, my servant is dead. I know. We buried him or whatever we did with him. Put him in a cave or I have got what they did with Moses, but you know what Sometimes we need to hear God show us that we are moving from one season to another. True. Come with me as I just describe this journey for you. So I would say that the church here at Eastgate is in a change of season. In, in some ways, I started this message with, the, with the, the idea that we're in transition. Why do I think we're in transition? Really, because for the last nine or ten years, we've been laying a foundation. Yes, folks, we are only laying a foundation. <laughs> I know we have a, big, a brand new building, which is symbolic of all that God's going to do amongst us, and we're, you know, we're saving for a an, uh, um, annex. Thank you, yeah, and you can see they're already starting to build it. All right. Um, but we're in a transition. So for the last nine or ten years, we've been laying good foundations. And you could describe those foundations in all sorts of ways. We've been laying a kingdom culture foundation, a supernatural way of living foundation. A culture of honor. In fact, when we first came back to Bethel, that was the word that stood out from us from all the sessions. 16 sessions in four days. Danny Silk School of Transformation. And it was culture, 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 culture. And I remember turning to Pete and Jim, the other elders at the time, and saying, if we go down this route, we are going to change, we're going to have to change, we're going to want to change the culture of our church. Why? Because uh, another thing that Danny Silk had said to us, what kind of culture will host a move of God? If you want to, I think it was Bill Wilson from from New York, you know, the Kids Club fame, said, if you want to see something different happen you've got to do something different or words to that effect <laughs> if you want to see something change you've got to do something you didn't do before that's part of the season of change God is saying to Joshua it's been great you've been going around sitting out at the tent of meeting being in the presence of God but now it is a change now is t- your now's the time for you to step up into a new role Taking over for Moses and leadership. And, of course, with him, the people have to step into a new role as well. Folks, you uh, need to step into a new role. A new perspective. Can you imagine? I mean, we've been praying and uh, Andy Merrick was, you know, prophesying about a revival coming in the southeast. Can you imagine what that's going to look like? Let me give you a concrete picture of what that's going to look like. Now, be honest here. How many people come in on a Sunday morning and generally sit in the same seat? <laughs> oh, it's only half a dozen honest people. I thought you were all holy. <laughs> well, you know, we may, we may have solved that problem. Hallelujah. But imagine you come in on a Sunday morning and there are no seats. Some of you are getting it. Come on. <laughs> There are no seeds because, and there, and there are more people you don't know the names of. I mean, even just recently, I talked to somebody who'd been coming for two years, and I said, how long have you been coming? I've been coming two years. Really? <laughs> how did that happen? <laughs> I'm just looking around, checking that I know everybody. Uh, no, I don't know everybody. I don't expect to know anybody, and gloriously, I will never know everybody, because God will keep on blessing and adding to our number. Those are being saved and healed and redeemed and brought into the glorious body of christ that's you and that's me ready for the new heaven and the new earth when jesus comes back come on there's a change of season how many of you personally are going through a time of transition this could be in your own life in your family's life in your career your job or in your community Or even beyond that, just raise your hands. How many people? I knew it. Hallelujah. You are listening to the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Because I wasn't intending to, I wasn't giving this sermon originally. And God had just been impressing on me the importance of transition. Now I believe that 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 applies to us as a church. That we have come to the end of the beginning. You know, this didn't happen overnight. This has been over a number of weeks probably, or months even. In order that we might prepare, so God brings a, a prophet amongst us, Andy Merrick, our dear friend from Scotland, and he says, I see this rising tide. If you're not familiar with the word, it's very simple. It was like in the days of Noah. God will come down from above like the rain from above, but there will also be a kind of rising up within. And it's this beautiful picture of something's going on in your heart. Something, something's going to excite you. Something's going to get you sort of moving. The Holy Spirit is, as Jesus says in, in John chapter 7, you're the holy, those who believe in me, streams of living water will pour out from them there's the revival passage right there isn't it so we we need to almost like gear up as it were gear up in your own mind for because change is here to stay <laughs> the last seven words of the church we've never done it like that before there's always something changing here isn't it ah, glory when people say that like hallelujah we're never going to settle. There will be some things that are permanent. And I'm going to give you some four things that are permanent in a time as a transition, which you can apply into your personal life, into your family life, into the community, and here in the church. Four things that God addresses Joshua around. And those are, they're very simple. Firstly, in a time of transition, and you know, sometimes transition is difficult, sometimes it's rough, it's not comfortable to change, is it? And it could not be comfortable in any shape or form for Joshua to contemplate, having wandered in the desert for 40 years, having held on to the promise of God for 40 years, suddenly, I mean, you know, surely this is the time for Joshua to, ret- to, to retire. But Joshua, like Caleb, Caleb's what, about 80 when he enters into the promised land. You know, full of faith, full of strength. My strength is the same as it was 40 years before. That's what is said about Caleb and what Caleb says about himself. I love Caleb. Any Calebs here? Anybody over 60? Anybody over 60? I'm looking at people over 60. Come on, put your hands up. (laughs) What a young church we are. Anybody here under 60? Oh, good. Number one lesson about going through a time of transition, stay in the presence of God. It's easy to say, simple to say, isn't it? But keep your mind on Jesus. Make sure that in all the minor things of your life, you are majoring on the major thing, which is Jesus. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. His presence in you. Look for the presence. Live in the presence. The kingdom of God is where? Within you. How near is the kingdom of God? Very near. So the kingdom of God in all its power, all its majesty, its all its powerful presence, it's in you right now. Put your hand on your heart. I have the kingdom of God in me. I'm a warrior in the kingdom. I I release the kingdom. I I am a kingdom person. I'm one of the greats in the kingdom of God. We're all greats in the kingdom of God. Which doesn't mean it brings it all down. Oh right, everybody else is like that. Oh dear. No, why? Because we're all seated with him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. You're simultaneously sitting on your chair in Eastgate and simultaneously you are seated in heavenly places with him. You have the presence of God in you. This so is slightly aside. If you want to activate, one of the easiest ways of activating the presence in you is praying in tongues. Just want to keep I'm on a bit of a thing with tongues... Right, Keep encouraging you to pray in tongues. You know, we, we have been so steeped in Western intellectual enlightenment thinking. I'll just hang on to one of those words if you don't understand the others. <laughs> we're so rational. We're so mind orientated that we forget that something we don't understand with our mind is actually vitally important to our spiritual strength. And that's why God, you know, why praying in tongues, even more than speaking out in tongues, actually, is to edify you. Paul emphasizes that when he says speaking in tongues must be interpreted so that you can actually understand it. But when you pray in tongues, hallelujah, you don't have to understand it. You are given the peace that passes all, say with me all, all understanding. Just say to your mind... Don't worry about understanding praying in tongues. If it goes on for a quarter of an hour, don't worry. Your brain will still be there when you finish. <laughs> Let's keep exercising. You want to release more miracles in your life? Pray in tongues. What did Jackie Pullinger do when she, you know, when she didn't see any breakthrough in uh, the, the walled city in, in Hong Kong? She prayed in tongues by the clock, she says, for a quarter of an hour every day. And then suddenly... People who have been addicted to heroin for years were, were you know, were getting set free and all sorts of miracles were happening. What would it look like if we were church and were praying in tongues? Or, you know, and I just recommend you can do it by the clock, but I'd recommend you do it wherever you go. I like to start in the shower, it's a great place, <laughs> naked before the Lord. No, no, don't go there. <laughs> Too much detail, David. Transparent people know. (laughs) Praying tongues anywhere, wherever you go. Whether you've got your clothes on or not. But (laughs) Number two. Quickly recovering. You probably know you're there already before. Be strong and courageous. Now notice, you could get a little bit frustrated here with the Bible. Anybody been frustrated with the Bible before? Come on, be honest. (laughs) Don't have to understand it or to live in it, by the way. Be strong and courageous. Be very strong and very courageous. Repeat it at least three times. And actually at the end of that chapter, the two and a half tribes, you know, who don't go into the promised land, but fight in the promised land. They come to Joshua and say, be strong and courageous. So being strong and courageous is something you can encourage one another in. But have you notice, God doesn't tell them how. How can you be strong and courageous? All he does, all he does, is give them his words. That same word created the universe currently we're on uh, according to brian cox he's estimated by through the hubble telescope that we're we're looking at and you've probably heard me say this before at two trillion galaxies in our universe he set the stars in space what with a word let there be light let's have some stars boom don't know, did it all truly come into place at the same time? Well, who cares? I mean, I mean, sorry, it does. It, it might matter, but it's speculation. But you imagine that. So when God speaks into your heart, the same power that created the universe, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, is saying, "Be strong and courageous." Do you know courage is a choice? So when my wife wanted us to, you may have heard this story before, but it's great fun. So I'll just quickly tell it. She wanted us to have an experience together. My three teenage sons, the oldest one was about to get married. We were booked into a holiday in the south of France and she wanted to do something adventurous. She went on the, on, onto the internet and found one of the most adventurous things you can imagine. White water rafting without the raft. <laughs> <laughs> so you are literally wetsuit, padding, uh, uh, um, a float where you've got two handholds, a helmet, flippers... And you go down the little, it's very beguiling actually, you go through the nice gentle bit of the river and then you hit the white water. Now you do have three guides with you. God bless the French guides. (laughs) You know, a a father, it's interesting, it was a father, son and maybe the other one was Holy Spirit. But uh, (laughs) there were three of them. uh, You know, in telling this story, I've never seen the significance of that. But there you go. Anyway, we do all the the easy bit where you go down the surface. And then you hit the white water and you are in the water, laid flat, going down. And suddenly one of my flippers gets caught in a rock. Turns my knee like that. old football injury. And I just, I lose one handhold. And so I'm going like this in the water. And, you know, I'm drawing breath. (laughs) I can't breathe. You know, I think this is it. I'm going to heaven. And, And at which point... The French guide, who is standing up in the water because it's only this deep. <laughs> kind of hoist me up and says, you're okay. <laughs> the best way I can describe it is like being in a washing machine with rocks. Just imagine that. <laughs> so he takes me over to one side and I get cramp in my legs and he's kind of pushing my foot back. You know, you see footballers and all that sort of thing. And, um, and he said, look, you've got a choice. Actually, it's only 10 minutes walk, and we've been in the river for about an hour. It's only 10 minutes walk back to, you know, the base if you want to do that, or you can just follow me, just stay behind me, and we'll guide you down. We've got another sort of half hour to go down down the river, another half hour. And and I was kind of helped by one of my teenage sons, typical teenage son, who comes along at me, I'm, you know, having the cramp thing done, and he says, ah, oh, come on, Dad, what's the matter? Don't be a wuss. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, I still want to live with my boys, you know, so, so I said, okay. But I made a decision. What did I do? I faced my fear. And whatever circumstance you're in at the moment that is testing you and calling out your courage, number one step, face your fear. Recognize, actually, transition or anything you're facing at the moment can be fearful. But God has given you a spirit, what? Of Not of fear, not of timidity, but of love and power and self-control. Put your hand on your heart. I am full, say with me, I am full of love, of power, and the Holy Spirit. All fear is gone. So now you can make the decision. It's very hard to make decisions when you're full of fear, isn't it? Sometimes the way out of fear is to make the decision. But when you've dealt with fear, now my mind is clear, I can make the decision. And some of you are facing decisions in your time of transition. Well, just deal with, deal with any fearfulness that's in you. Get your mind clear and step out. Because God says to you this morning, be strong and very courageous. You need the presence of God. You need courage and then you simply need obedience, isn't it? It's not a popular word, actually, in the Christian world at the moment. Obedience. What does uh, God say to, to Joshua? He says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Everything in the law you have to do. Now, we're in the New Testament. We're not under the law in the sense that it's convicting of, a, of sin. But now the law is actually written in your heart. Just put your hand on your heart again. The law, heart. the law is written in my heart. In fact, not only can you obey the law, you can go beyond the law. Because the law of the spirit of life actually takes you beyond the law. The law said don't steal. The spirit of life says earn your living. The law says don't commit murder, but uh, but the New Testament law, the law of the spirit of life, says love your enemies. Do you see what I mean? But it still requires a heart of obedience, but God has put a heart of obedience in you. You know the best way to overcome sin and be obedient to God is just to be who you are. You don't obey out of legalistic righteousness as if there's a, a list of, you know, Please, if you've got, you know, if you've got rules written on your fridge or you've got a fridge magnet, you know, it's 10 miles long, telling you things to do, take them all down. If they were made of marzipan, you could eat them. And then the law would be inside you. That's where the law is. It's you now, Jesus, who fulfilled the law so there is no condemnation and no guilt for you. And you have been forgiven. You've been cleansed. So you're a new person in Christ. He is working in and through you. Hallelujah. I can walk and fulfill the commands of God because I am and, and doing them from my heart in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the Christian life, isn't it? So when God comes along and says, gives you something to do, just obey him. remember giving a friend some advice years ago. He said, how do I grow as a Christian? So well, in one sense, it's very simple. Read the Bible and do what it says. <laughs> Deceptively simple. But actually genius. Absolute genius, isn't it? Because you have all the ability, with the power of the Holy Spirit, to obey what God has called you to do. And if you're going through a time of transition, don't weaken in your resolve to be obedient to God's call on your life. Lastly, look for the miraculous. So when God says to Joshua, I will exalt you just as I did my servant Moses... How does he demonstrate that? Why? I will exalt you by doing the same sort of things I did uh, for Moses. I will stop the water of the river Jordan. So that all your people, probably a million plus people, could go into the promised land and go onto the walls of Jericho, which do come down, and it's not their fault. Are you looking? Having been consecrated, is God doing amazing things in your life? Are you looking for the supernatural? Are you looking, you know, who are you going to heal today? That's your question. Who are you going to bless today? Who are you going to prophesy over today? Who are you going to do some amazing act of kindness, whether it's big or small? Who are you looking to see to release the kingdom of God through today in your life? And as you go into work, your workplace, who are you going to bless? Because you are carrying the kingdom with you. Kingdom Carriers is not just a title for one of our children's groups, although it surely is. But it's something actually all of you carry. So will you stand with me? Just raise your hand again. If you're going through a time of transition in your own personal life. God is speaking directly into you. Almost everybody. Goodness, what's going on? (laughs) It's the Holy Spirit, isn't he? He brought you here this morning. Maybe you got up this morning. I don't fancy going. And then you saw I was preaching. You think, well, maybe I will. (laughs) Or not, as the case may be. If you're not here, um, you're listening to the podcast, bless you. You know, but um, keep listening. Just put your hand on the person, just check out the person next to you, likes having hands laid on them. Just in case you're new to the church. Feel free to say no thank you, okay? Uh, Complete freedom here. Father, we want to release a courage and a power... That will take us through this time of transition in our lives. And for some of you, I just want to prophesy over you. Some of you, you've been looking for that new job. God is saying it's there. In fact, for some of you, you've got to look again. I just feel that you've got to look in the same place you looked before. Maybe on the internet, maybe wherever you were looking or having that discussion with, you know, your boss at work, whoever it is, and go back to them and say, are you sure this is not for me? <laughs> Be bold and courageous. Believe in yourself. And you know what we mean by that? You you know, you're not exalting yourself. You're just receiving what God says here. You are son and a daughter of the king. You have been appointed wherever you walk, that every place you place your feet, just as Joshua did, it will be yours. So just receive that. Receive that. Receive that. Receive that. And if you were prayed for for healing, for Jamal and Sam earlier, or anything else, just receive that now. Just say, just check your body out. Just raise, low your hands for the moment. Anybody got a discernible change in their body when we prayed, or have just prayed? Anybody a discernible change in their body? Yeah. Come on. There you go, guys. All right. And several hands over here. build something and just lay your hands on jamal and sam thank you guys for hosting with us today father we pray for your anointing on them your blessing on them some of you need to go and get children i know so do feel free to do that father we just pray your anointing and your blessing on them. thank you for how they've served us this morning and we pray keep releasing those words of knowledge keep releasing the prophetic keep releasing your holy spirit that they may walk with you in obedience and faith all the days of their lives and the lessons you're putting into their lives will make them strong in you in the future. And you just glorify your name as you did with Moses and Joshua. <laughs> Glory.